0: You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, good morning. This morning we find ourselves at the intersection of two different calendars following the global church calendar. This last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. Maybe you were here and you joined us for our Ash Wednesday service, making today the first Sunday of Lent. However, on our local church calendar, this day is also the first Sunday of Faith Promise, this time of year where we focus on missions and the work of God in the world. When I recognized this overlap, my worry became... How do we hold these two important things in focus without neglecting the other? How do we honor both of these very important seasons? And then I remembered that in more recent history, this is just a few weeks ago, we managed the mental, physical, and spiritual fortitude to celebrate both Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl on the same weekend. And I think we came out fairly unscathed. So if we have the mental capacities to celebrate simultaneously the gift of love and our modern gladiator games, I think we'll have the capacity to hold together Lent and faith promise. I actually think that uh, these two seasons that we are contemplating today might actually be in conversation with one another. I think that one helps inform the other and vice versa. So. As I've spent the last several months thinking and praying about faith promise, this season where we contemplate God's mission in the world, I think one of the questions that I've been asking myself is do we still believe that God is at work in the world? Is God still redeeming lives, transforming communities, saving family, families and marriages? Or, as the question was so eloquently posed last week, is the world going to hell in a handbasket? For many, it would be an understatement to say that it's been a challenging couple of years, as if global pandemic itself hasn't been a source of tragedy and frustration. It's also highlighted and intensified arguments revolving around society, politics, race, economy. And if this wasn't enough, now we wait with bated breath to see what this violence in Eastern Europe means for the rest of the world. Do we still believe That God is at work in the world. Amen. Despite the reality that the world is not yet as it should be, we in concert with the church global bear witness to a God who is moving in the midst of it all. We believe that the God who covenanted himself to us in creation is the same God who covenanted himself to us in the person of Jesus, and is the same God who has covenanted himself through the work of his Holy Spirit to us today. In fact, this morning, we gather proclaiming and bearing witness to the God who is faithful to meet with us now and is meeting with his people throughout the world, wherever we gather, by his name and in his spirit. On this first Sunday of Lent, we begin our journey into the wilderness, but we journey with another who is empowering and animating us today. We meet with God who is still redeeming, who is still transforming, who is saving and delivering. And it's on these Faith Promise Sundays that we not only celebrate this work, but we join God in this work. Now, I imagine that for most of us, it's been a couple of years since we've thought about maybe traveling outside of the country. This has kind of just been everyone's status quo during the midst of the pandemic, right? And hey, maybe some of us weren't world travelers before world travel became more restricted. But I think that one of the most important things that happens to you when you spend time in another culture is you begin to realize that there's a world that exists outside of the one that you inhabit. You see that other people in other cultures do things differently. They operate and they process differently. They eat different flavors and have different traditions. And this is a good thing, especially when we have these experiences in the context of missions trips. Maybe we see that there are needs in other places of the world that we take for granted in our own context. We see injustices that may change the way that we think about justice in our context. Well, because travel has been somewhat restricted since the start of the pandemic and we probably haven't had a lot of these experiences recently, my aim for us this morning is to bring some of these experiences to us. We're going to go on a little bit of a virtual field trip around the world this morning because I think it's important to hear the testimonies and the stories of our brothers and sisters around the world to remind us that God is still transforming, that God is calling us here in Lima, Ohio, to partner with him. So after graduating college, I had the opportunity to serve briefly with the Nazarene Church in Poland, which I've discovered is actually kind of a confusing sentence, at least for those of us here with uh, maybe a strong sense of Ohio geography. I learned that in moving to Lima, there's actually a Poland, Ohio. Uh, For clarification's sake, I've never had uh, the pleasure of visiting Poland, Ohio, only its European cousin that is situated between Germany and Ukraine. Uh, I was there uh, serving in 2015 with an arm of the Nazarene Church called Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. I'm sure that some of you are familiar with the work that they do. If you remember the geopolitical climate during that time, There was crisis and civil war that was breaking out in Syria, and refugees from Syria were flooding into Western and Central Europe, particularly Germany and Poland. And during this time, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, who serve around the world, was a key player in helping care for those homeless refugees as they relocated throughout Europe. This probably sounds similar to the situation that we're experiencing in Eastern Europe right now. And to that end, I'd like to give an update on how the Nazarene church is responding to this war that has broken out. Just a few days ago, I received uh, this update from Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. It reads, the war continues, and yesterday the Russian army bombed and tried to enter two large cities in Ukraine with hundreds of people killed. More than 800,000 have run away from the conflict and are now in neighbor countries. Kiev is preparing for a full-scale invasion. Please pray for the Ukrainian people. Pray for our pastors and leaders to be protected by the powerful hand of our Lord and God. We have Compassionate Ministries teams working 24-7 responding to this emergency. Below is a couple of updates from them. uh, And that update reads, I am so profoundly grateful for our Nazarene pastors, who are all doing everything they can to help meet urgent needs during this time. They are the heroes right now, running on very little sleep while also trying to care for their own scared families. Here's what our pastors have been doing since last Thursday and how you can continue to pray. They sent um, a list of maybe seven or eight pastors and updates on those, but I'm just gonna read, I'm gonna read a few here. Pastor Nabel in Odessa is housing refugees in their church and home. They are also working tirelessly as Pastor Nabel is also checking in with his church members and their new church plant in Ismail that was recently bombed. Please pray for strength, rest, volunteers and their little daughter who is very scared. Pastor Sergei from our Kazetin church has been driving people to the Polish border almost nonstop. Many of them are members of their church. His family is now in Poland where our Poznan Church of the Nazarene has been working tirelessly to meet refugees at the border to help them get train tickets. Once they arrive in Poland, they have to board a train to Poznan and it's over eight hours. Pastor Sergei continues to make runs to the border until there isn't a need. He says, it feels endless as we have no idea when it will all end. There are still church members and families in their their town that we will help care for. For Pastor Sergei, pray for rest, strength, courage, and wisdom as he navigates a very volatile territory. Uh, this last pastor, Pastor Andrei, is a pastor in Ukraine that we um, personally support through our faith promise giving. It says, Pastor Andrei in Kiev has also been working tirelessly to care for his church and help friends, family, and so many strangers throughout Ukraine who are in a critical situation. Andriy is also helping to coordinate the refugee situation at the borders. He and his wife made store runs to four maternity wards, friends, and family, delivering diapers, supplies, and food. Just yesterday, despite sirens, Andriy delivered groceries to a single mom of four little ones who were all out of food. He is also helping to care. He is also helping to take people to the train station to get out of Kiev. The station is chaotic with thousands of women and children trying to leave daily. For Pastor Andre, please pray for strength, rest, protection, and wisdom. And do please keep these pastors in your prayer. I can't imagine what it must be like to minister in such a chaotic time. So NCM is an organization that we support through Faith Promise whose sole purpose is extending the love of Jesus to those in need throughout the world. So we're gonna take a look at some of the work that they're engaged in and see how God is calling the church to be a place of healing and shelter around the world. Let's take a look. So be it natural disasters or political unrest, In recognizing the sheer need, we're reminded that the world is not yet as it should be, that there is tragedy, that there is suffering in the world. But we also see that the kingdom of God is breaking in, that God is calling us to help establish his kingdom, to heal and to care for those in need. And I'm proud that we get to partner with organizations like Nazarene Compassionate Ministries to help care for our displaced and for those in need. So, if Nazarene Compassionate Ministries is a global ministry, we'll say that uh, our first stop this morning has been to Earth. Welcome to Earth. The next stop on our journey this morning is going to take us just south of the border to the exotic land of Kentucky. Our friends at Appalachia Reach Out have sent us a personal message that we'll take a look at.
1: Hello, Lyman Community Church of the Nazarene. My name is Dwayne Mills and I'm the executive director of Appalachia Reach Out right here in the heart of Appalachia, right on the Kentucky, West Virginia state line. First and foremost, I wanna tell you thank you for your support over the last three years. You have been a partner with our ministry, which is a compassionate ministry through the Church of the Nazarene. You've also come and served alongside of us in 2021. You took a team to our new site in Nicholas County, West Virginia and you served in a wonderful way and we wanna say thank you to that. The other exciting news is this, and I'm sure you've heard this, but uh, you'll be coming and serving alongside of us in August of this year as you'll bring a work and witness team here to the heart of Appalachia in Kentucky. One of the things that I wanna share with you as you think about this Faith Promise time during your faith community focusing in this area is just to give you an update on what happened in 2021 through the ministry and outreach of Appalachia Reach Out. One of those things is we were able to invest in our community in Nicholas County where we serve and also here in Martin County, Kentucky. Uh, We were able to invest about $600,000. We believe our first priority is to minister to the spiritual needs of the people that God has called us to serve. But also we believe God has created us in a holistic way. And so we try to invest locally in a place that many have forgotten. For you see, it's here in 1964 in Martin County where President Johnson came and declared the war on poverty. We're standing in a building right now that was built back during the New Deal in the 1930s. And this is a place that sit dormant for about six or seven years. It's the what we call the, the old courthouse. Uh, this place, because it set dormant, needed a lot of work. And so partnering with our local government, partnering with our tourism board. We were able to come in and give about six to 700 man hours this past year to help repurpose this building, which is now being used in some ways. We're still continuing to work in this place, but God is using Appalachia Reach Out and our mission to be Christ's love in action, to show hope and to bring light to people that needs to see it. We will continue to work in these efforts, but we also work with those who um, are just down in in a very difficult place. And so we've been able to go and and work with our neighbors in some of the most uh, difficult situations really in our country. And God has opened doors through that work. We work with our school system as well. We work in addiction recovery. And God has just blessed us with places so we can go and serve. And you are a part of that. Maybe you have never been here physically, Uh, but your prayers have been heard. Uh, You have given financially over these last three years, and we wanna say thank you for that work. In seeing people come to Christ, we've also seen people rededicate their lives. We've seen some folks called into ministry through the work that we have done. Uh, This past year in 2021, we saw 31 teams come to our Kentucky site. We saw eight teams come to our West Virginia site. And so God continues to open the door for our ministry. Uh, This would not be possible without partners like Lima Community Church of the Nazarene. And we just want to say thank you. So as you think of us, know this, as you pray for us, we are praying for you. Uh, It's not just a one-way partnership. Uh, We're praying for you and your church and your ministry. We know in these days you're going through a time of transition, but we're trusting the Lord. We're believing what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. We believe that. We're standing on those promises together. Thank you for your support. God bless you.
0: Isn't it amazing to know that as we pray for God's work to be done throughout the world, there are those praying specifically for us here in Lima, Ohio. Dwayne reminds us that missions isn't just the project of God in the far reaching corners of the world, but rather we are to be the mission of God wherever there is need. Again, we're reminded of the call of Abraham to be a blessing to the world. And sometimes the world is in our own backyard. I'm inspired by the work of Appalachia Reach Out and frankly, they need our help. As Dwayne mentioned, we'll be sending another group to them this summer. And maybe some of you are sensing a little nudge from the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you feel called to help, to serve. I'd encourage you, I would challenge you to step out in faith. Maybe check out the details in the bulletin for more information on how to get involved. Uh, There are also signups in uh, the church lobby this morning. You'll see it at the Get Connected counter. Maybe this is something that God is calling you to. Alright, for our next destination, we're going to be leaving North America and we're going to be visiting the continent of Africa. We'll, We'll be guided by some faces that may be familiar to some of you. Let's take a look.
2: Well, hello. We are Doug and Mary Lou Anthony and we serve with Walk in Two Worlds Ministries.
0: Thank
3: you for your financial and prayer support. And we are excited to share a story that was made possible by your financial gifts.
2: Some of you know us. Mary Lou grew up in Lima.
3: I'm an Elida High School graduate, class of 1983.
2: And I served at Shawnee Alliance Church as worship pastor for 20 years and enjoyed great fellowship with Lima Community Church.
3: And in 2015, we began full-time international service. Now, why
2: would we do that? Because we believe that all over the world, Local people communicate and identify best through local culture. And when the church doesn't communicate and identify through local culture, it's perceived as an outsider, and even a threat.
3: So we facilitate local projects that bring artists and ministry leaders together to collaborate strategically in order to address local challenges.
2: So these end up being projects, projects that address issues of discipleship,
3: or leadership development,
2: education,
3: building cultural bridges,
2: indigenous heart language worship,
3: cultural reclamation,
2: public health initiatives,
3: evangelism, and
2: scripture memory.
3: And today we want to share one story about Tucson,
2: We call these strategic cultural bridge songs. So the place is Narak, Kenya, the hometown of the Maasai people. And musicians and church leaders were gathered together. And first we had the musicians unpack all of the different genres of songs that they share and love in the Maasai culture. And then I asked the church leaders to identify what are the greatest challenges facing the church today. And they said, it's the absence of men in the church. And I said, why is that? They said, because the Morans, the warrior heroes of this tribe are saying that Christianity is a corruption of Maasai culture.
3: But what is the most honorable male role in this culture?
2: It's being being a a herdsman. herdsman. So I said, okay, sing me a herdsman song. So they sang the song. Of course, I didn't understand the words. I said, what what are the words? And they said, well, the herdsman uh, herdsman of cows, he calls out his cows by name, each one. He reminds him of all the good pastures, the good waters, the protection he's given them. And then he calls out the thieves. And I said, the thieves, what are the cows stealing? I didn't get it. And he said, no, 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 the ones who sneak away. He knows they're the same ones all the time. And he knows them and he calls them out and he disciplines them. So I said, well, can you think of any place in the scriptures where these things, things are talked about? And they said, well, Psalm 23. And the light bulb went on. They said, we could set Psalm 23 to a herdsman's tune. And I said, yes, you could. And they did. So now the Christian herdsmen in the community, when they're out in the fields, they sing a herdsman tune, they sing Psalm 23 about the Lord being our shepherd. Here's the the catch, is that these are all call and response songs. So anybody within hearing distance, when the herdsman sings a song, they all sing the reply. So they're not only just hearing Psalm 23, they're singing Psalm 23. You see, the arts matter. And you know what, because of these strategic songs, people are saying, wow, those Christians value the same things we cherish. And the one they worship is the greatest herdsman. And he cares and comforts for his people like we care for our herds and we comfort our children. So the community's perceptions of Christians are slowly changing and it's reducing their resistance to the gospel. Artists have a voice outside the walls of the church and the arts matter.
3: So, thank you for giving to enable these strategic songs to be created. The yeah. arts matter for Christian ministry and mission, and we are honored by your partnership in this critical missions work.
2: So, please pray for us as we fulfill the vision God has given of local artists inspired, equipped, and strategically advancing God's kingdom work around the world. Thank you. Thank you.
0: How crazy is it that God might be moving in the world through a song or that God is still transforming the lives of shepherds like he was in the days of David? And this is happening now in March of 2022. God is moving in the world. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Well, our last destination will take us to the South American country of Paraguay. Let's take a look at what God and his people are up to there.
4: Hello Lima Community Church, this is Justin and Elia Kantner serving in Paraguay as we've been for the past five years. And recently we made the move, we've been working with the First Nation people, the indigenous people in Paraguay, but we made a move recently to a different part of the country because we wanted to start focusing more on a particular group, the Bula Guarani, and the reason that we wanted to focus on them is because they are considered the least reached in Paraguay.
1: Yeah, so the are one of the least reached groups, and one of those reasons is because they are very suspicious people, especially of outsiders. And um, this has caused the chiefs, or the caciques, to close the doors to many people that want to come in, especially missionaries. In fact, one missionary recently told us that this area has never been open to the gospel before.
4: And if a cacique says, you can't enter my community, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. You have to turn around, you have to leave. So they are left in darkness. If I could say that I've learned anything about God by becoming a missionary, it's the power that the gospel has over darkness. There have been many times where you go into a community for the first time, and the hair on the back of your neck just sort of stands on end, and you can just tell, like, wow, there is a lot of darkness here. But the transformations that we've seen when the gospel enters is it's palatable. As Bible studies happen and professions are made, a new spirit has a presence in those communities, so that just after even a few months when you enter into those, communities the hair on the back of your neck no longer stands on end but instead you're excited when you go in to see those new believers and you know that there's gonna be a time of fellowship and usually a lot of laughter ahead. There have been many times when we first enter and talk with the cacique and he seems like a grump and he's just waiting to say no you can't work there but then we bring up that I can provide free eye care and the mood instantly changes and he perks up and asks, free? And thankfully we've never been told no. My outfits are less formal. And my working conditions are less sterile than when I was working at my clinic in Bluffton. Sometimes my exams are frequented by chickens and pigs that are just passing through. And my technique for making glasses can be a bit more rustic as well.
3: So we just moved to this new region a few months ago, but thankfully Bible studies have already started in a couple of the communities. But what do we see ahead of us?
4: I'd say that we see a big work ahead of us. I think one, this is a case of the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. But the other new project that we see going forward is a new need that we think could be addressed. Recently, one of our teammates went into the communities, and she looked and saw all these kids running around with these copper highlights in their hair. In fact, it's hard not to smile at these little faces, and I've always thought the copper highlights just made them extra cute. But she's a dietitian and was like, that's a classic sign of protein deficiency. So now we're also looking to address this need. Currently, we are developing a project to enable communities to have an egg-laying operation that they can sustain on their own. So if anyone has interest about how they could help with this, let us know. So I would say that we are looking forward uh, with excitement at the work ahead of us, and yet we also look back with a lot of thanksgiving. I wanna say especially thanks a lot to Lima Community Church for supporting us all along the way.
3: Yeah. Ciao.
0: In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. This morning, we witness the fulfillment of these words as sight is being restored to the indigenous people of Paraguay in the name of Jesus. Justin and Aaliyah really have an amazing ministry, and again, a ministry that is supported in part by our faithfulness to giving. This morning, as we consider what it is to journey with Jesus into the wilderness, we hear the testimonies of those who have gone before us those that have gone to the wild places to meet with God, to do the work that he does. In this season of Lent, we practice the spiritual disciplines of self-denial. Some of us are abstaining from particular foods and maybe from habits that tend to distract. We focus on prayer in this season and we are reminded that we do not live by bread alone. In this season of Lent, we empty ourselves that we might be filled with God that we might be led by God. And this too is the spirit of faith promise. Through faith promise, we join with those who are emptying themselves to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. We join with those who have chosen to quite literally enter into the wilderness, the wild places. And in supporting these faith promise partners, we also subject ourselves to the wilderness. When we make these pledges to support the work of God in the world, we do so trusting that God will provide, God will sustain. After all, we call it faith promise because we make this pledge in faith. We pledge our generosity, not out of the surplus of our finances, but out of the promise of God's faithfulness. This promise might actually take us into the wilderness, where we are led not by our own desires, but by faith, by God's desires. In this season, we're challenged to hold our time, our things, our appetites with open hands, giving of ourselves to God, giving of ourselves to the work of the Father. Next week, we'll start formally taking pledges for Faith Promise 2022, but maybe this morning, you feel the tug of the spirit and an extra week of thinking about it might only kind of bring you back off of that ledge. If that's the case, you'll find this year's Faith Promise Pledge cards in the back pockets in front of you. I think there's also, yeah, uh, a link up here if your um, preferred mode of giving is online. If you already know that God is leading you to give a particular amount, feel free to fill out those cards to check out the link online and you can put those um, in the receptacles marked for Faith Promise and back. My hope is that we leave this place encouraged today, encouraged that in the midst of what may feel like chaos and darkness, God is still moving. God is still calling his people. God is still calling you. If you believe this, would you say amen? Amen. Well, I invite you to stand and join us for our benediction. Let's pray this morning. God, as you have been faithful to move in your people throughout history, we ask that you would move in our midst today. Would we be guided by your spirit as we follow you into the wilderness today? Would you teach us what it is to empty ourselves that we might be filled by you? We look around recognizing that our world is in need. Would you give us the imagination to meet those needs? Would you empower us and inspire us to be the movement of your love in the world? Lead us, guide us, make us like you, call us out. We love you. We pray this all in your holy name, amen. Well, as you leave today, go in the knowledge that you are the movement of God's love in the world. Go in peace this morning. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.